grass Didn't get this disease I eat too much candy Sugar it ain't a pager It's a pumper when I'm Jones and it comes in handy Tell me sugar mama what you ain't one see Are you into endocrinology? The pricker is a pricker and the pumper is pumping Beats like Wilford Brimley keeps coming in Officer, I ain't been drinking. My blood sugar is low. Welcome to episode 45 of the Real Life Diabetes Podcast, round two, with Mark Carter. And my calories burning. Pricker to the finger to deliver the prick. Wake up tomorrow and it starts again because. So we brought Mark back. The dude. I'm I shocked. Just I, 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 he, yeah. I'm glad that he agreed to it, and it's always nice to run into him, and I've seen him a lot lately, just randomly in the diabetes community. He's very active. He's so. become a good friend. Uh, we both go way back with Mark Carter. If you haven't heard episode 32 yet, it's something that we highly recommend uh, because we covered his basics of his, his story yeah, at that point, yeah. what his diagnosis was like, um, how he grew up with diabetes, what it was like to go to college and have no support system for diabetes. We went back to that. We covered some more specific details, though. Like his in the love, show today. like his love of Chick Fil A, and he still eats a lot of eats or drinks. A lot of equal. Yeah, there's a lot of equal going down. We're not going to give you the specific number because we want you to clue into the show <laughs> just so you hear how many equals he's still putting in his coffee. Yeah. But we love him. His spirit is infectious. Yeah. The guy cares immensely about others, and he's looking to connect all aspects of his life with having type 1 diabetes, which is exactly what we're here to do. But before we start the show, you know how what goes down here. We've got a couple of announcements. It's announcement time. I'm going to need you to start singing the announcements part. Announcements. <laughs> You're the heavy metal version. <laughs> Damn, like young people. <laughs> so right. um, our social media, right off the bat, love, like, share, do whatever you can. The more you help spread the word, the, the more people come our way. And we, we really appreciate it. Absolutely. most meaningful thing that you can do for us, really, is like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, join the conversation. We love hearing join specific the conversation. feedback Absolutely. about all the shows. We always link up all of our guests on social media, too, mm-hmm. so you'll be able to connect with people like Mark, people like Chris Pick, Pickering from last show, all these people we put into our social media, And our too. friends from around the world. And uh, I'm just going to throw this out there. We haven't said this in a while. We're always looking for guest contributors. So if you have a story to share or you have a loved one with diabetes that you think that your input would be valuable or whatnot, yeah, shoot us an email. Reach out. We're always looking for new articles. Or you can just click on the write for us at the top of our homepage. Yeah, that too. That's the Did comprehensive guide boom? for sure. You yeah. just said boom. Boom. That too. <laughs> boom. There's not even an excitement. <laughs> boom. Uh, what? A, oh, shop on Amazon. Yep. Simplest way. Click on Amber's tattoo, right side of diabetesdailygrind.com. You, it's easiest to do if you go from your desktop Click on it, book shop market. on Amazon, mm-hmm. bookmark it. Um, it's been immensely helpful. Yeah, for there's us. a little change so, our way. We definitely have, helps. We've got some debt right now. <laughs> we need your help. But we're working. We're working. Yeah, we're on working. Things. We're shipping things. We're working away. on things. Um, so yeah. with with that, let's talk about our partner for today's episode. That is Good Glucose. A couple episodes back, we had Elliot Gat on the show where he talked about Good Glucose. But if you missed that show. It's an amazing company founded by people with type 1 diabetes, and their goal is to bring some compassion, some heart to the diabetes pharmaceutical world. Yeah. And yeah. It's, yeah. It's, a, it's an amazing product, right? It is. And I think for, how, I don't know, how, how 
for how many people, 12, every 12 people that sign up, they donate test strips to a person in need for one year. For an entire year. We all know what a burden that can be. So, man, they're a good company giving back to the people that deserve it. Giving back. And it's priced efficiently. It's $35 for 100 strips. So 35 bucks per month, theoretically. Um, and that's without insurance. So it's an option for Woo! people who are on the search. Like myself. At the moment. Absolutely. And if you'd like to help us at the same time as helping Good Glucose, if you make your purchase by clicking the Good Glucose link on diabetesdailygrind.com or you go to our website, diabetesdailygrind.com backslash good, then you can help us at the same time. We appreciate it. Yeah. So with that, I think that's it. Let's get this party started. It's time to talk to everybody's favorite duck hunter, Mark Carr. Yes, I'm alive. I'm alive One minor inconvenience A little thing called diabetes so, so two podcasts in a row with, uh, with Mark Carter. Mark Carter is back. My mic is high. I've got you. You're under control now. <laughs> Not my blood sugar, just my microphone. <laughs> Don't want you know of. Well, two podcasts in a row, and we've identified a few themes here. So Mark doesn't test. First, no, no Mark, I'm just no. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't test seven times a day like everyone wants to act like they do. I mean, I test the minimum amount, which is two to three times. Two to three times, okay. And yeah. when or when are those times? And you can lean back. My God, you don't have to sit on the edge. You well, can sit on the edge. I, I feel like this. Okay, I'll make sure it's not gonna <laughs> screw up everything. Um, in the morning, and at lunch, and at night, because I'm on a CGM. Dexcom. Oh yeah. So you test and calibrate during those times. I do. I don't calibrate, but when they te- when I have to, maybe I need to be better about calibrating. I don't know. To each of their own. I, I Ryan, can't say. What about I, you? I've never calibrated a meter <laughs> the entire existence. No, not a of meter. We're talking diabetes. about a Dexcom. Oh, I didn't even know. I don't know how to calibrate Sorry. a meter. Sorry, I was over here messing with the sound, and I just told yes, I I calibrate my Dexcom. You have to. Sometimes three times a day. Yeah, that's good. You know, because Dr. Ponder, that conference we yeah. all had a couple yeah. months ago, he suggested that right after you do the first calibration, to hit it with another calibration like four hours later that first day. Here's my thought with that, and I, I, might I don't, I don't think it's before. a bad idea. I don't think it's sure. a bad idea, but the it whole point of works. being on a CGM is that you just say you don't have to test. If I have to test mm-hmm. and CGM, it's like another fucking job. Right. <laughs> One more layer of being having okay. so much. You say plate. that, but. I think whenever I was in high school, even whenever I was testing like 10, 12, 15 times a day out of, you know, probably some obsessive compulsiveness. Um, <laughs> that just, I've never heard real? this. For real. I would have still wanted to have the Dexcom information in the background. Brian, I've known you for years and this is the first time I've heard about this testing OCD. This is crazy. Well, I tested so many. I would test like six times during one football practice. Well, you're also being, you know? I can understand I can you. There's understand a lot that, going though. on. Yeah. Physically. Always trying to avoid the low. Because you want to be in your best. Yeah. All right. I got to say this, Mark. So (laughs) this is, this is meant to be a three-way conversation. So if you ever feel like you're being interrogated here by one of us, just start firing back because we've known you for long enough. You're not a guest. You're not a guest on the show. (laughs) You are just a member of the show (laughs) at this point. I love y'all. We're family. Yeah. The diabetes family is very strong. (laughs) And I, yeah. I could take it. <laughs> well, and I think it's with all of us. There's no judgment. It's like no. we all know we do things differently. Well, I mean, that's one nice reason reminder. I mentioned it to you. I mean, I sometimes break up from my Dexcom because I get so 
where I check my phone all the time and then it becomes very, very compulsive. And yeah. I'm like, I just want to not worry about it. So I think, cause like I was in San Diego at the ADA a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah. And I forgot uh, that was cool. That was a big deal. It was a really big deal. There's around 16,000 atten- like people there and it was really neat. But I talked to one endocrinologist out of Boston and he made the comment which is really random. He was telling me that on on average, like most patients will will think about make decisions with type one over 154 or more decisions throughout a day than just your average person. And I I thought Uh, I was like, that's decision fatigue. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. Like, I think that's where that's why I'm tired all the time. That's why we're tired. Because, you know, everything we do, everything we're thinking about or eating or whatever we're doing on a day-to-day basis, you know, take 154 more decisions or away from a normal person who's not mm-hmm. living with diabetes. And it, that's why I think we are exhausted. And there's days that I just don't want to check my blood sugar. Because yeah, every, well, yeah. subconsciously even, right, every time you look at a CGM number, you make a decision. Right. To stay, to eat, to bolus. To stay or to, to question eat, to bolus, yeah, to yeah. question, to think about what did I do last? Could I have done something? How long have I had my sensor on? Right, and those aren't even conscious decisions that right. we make about diabetes. Correct. Hmm. Very interesting, and, and it's neat too huh. to think about. I mean, that's why I think we need to have a lot more. I would say, just love for people on a day to day. Like if a child has type one, because that goes to the parent, and then if the parent doesn't really know what's going on, they got to learn that, and they're they, they're tired. And so you know, I think I think we just got to realize that. There's a lot of people that need a hug. <laughs> diabetes hug. They need a diabetes hug. I've been thinking hug about group. that. I'm like, seriously, like people oh. need, we need encouragement in the diabetes community instead of negativity. And, and that's the one thing lately, I think this past year, I'm like, we need to encourage people. to. And, it, and it's, it's something I've termed myself called, uh, when I look at people today, I call it diabetes maturity. And, you know, a lot of people who are diagnosed at certain ages, but a lot of people, I think, you know, don't have the competencies to truly mature in their diabetes management. And so, you know, if they're struggling and, you know, they don't know how to check their blood sugar or do certain yeah. things, I mean, they need to get a couple wins every now and then and encourage them. So, Yeah, uh, yeah because then that helps almost stabilize. Right. To, they can reach their plateau, um, receive some good feedback. Right. And then take the next step. Right. Right. And they have, to have a good a, foundation. Right. Do you feel like your wife is hmm. your like diabetes cheerleader? No. 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 I would not say so. I think because Where do you she, yeah, do you do you think she fits on that spectrum as far as feedback goes, positive right, or negative? Right. We got to loosen this up. Mark, I feel like you can't lean back at all. Okay. I'm a, I'm going to lean back over here. Or sit over. I'm sorry. It's like stressing Amber out, but I, is this better? That's better. <laughs> Cuz I feel like you're like sitting he looked super right, uptight that's and that's not that's I don't how you roll. I love it. I love it. Okay, um, you know, so, I think I think you know, she's awesome. I think she, she has ulcerative colitis too. So there's days that we're just like, we're, we're tired of talking about diseases. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's hard. I mean, to really, I don't think she, she's not a natural encourager. Yeah. That's not just, everybody has that skill. Well, she just, not, not everybody's language of love. Right. That's you right. know, that's just not. And, and that's not her language of love. And so, you know, and I'm an outward process thinker and she's not. And so, you know, it's a, it's a day to day. It's a, it's a grind. I mean, basically my motto, it's kind of funny is grind, fight, grind, fight, repeat, grind, fight, repeat every day. I'm grinding, I'm fighting, I'm repeating. I mean, I feel like that's the way diabetes has been just for me because it's a daily grind. Yeah, <laughs> man, oh that's God. a, that's a good marketing. <laughs> I mean, um, it really is. Do you think, 
having type one, you can get in a trance over a period of months or years and actually forget that you're grinding. And if you're, if you're also wrapped up in the DOC and you're seeing all these people with successful blood sugars and seeing people out climbing mountains or doing whatever with diabetes, it's almost like you can, you lessen the burden that you have on yourself. Cause you're like, Oh, everybody's doing this, but nobody's no people really aren't doing their life like this. Right. I feel kind, I of, kind of differently. And Ryan's a, you're a very athletic person, but you know, being so involved in the DOC, for those of you who are new to this, it's a diabetes online community, and people posting, they're doing these extraordinarily, like, challenging for anybody who didn't have diabetes, but then when they do it with diabetes, and like, what the hell have I been doing? Just sitting around? I mean, I work out and do my things, but why am I not challenging myself to that level? You know what I mean? Right. It's definitely encouraging. I think, yeah, yeah, I agree. Maybe like 90% of the time, it's incredibly encouraging. But then the 10% of the time, when it finally hits you, like, oh, man, I'm tired. Like, I don't want to touch my blood sugar tonight. Yeah. You know, I, what I, would, I think one thing we sometimes forget to talk about with diabetes, and this actually came up yesterday. I was in Wichita, Kansas, is about sometimes the diabetes fog or haze that we as type 1s, depending oh. on what your blood sugars do. And I'm going to tell you, this story is unbelievable. And on how impactful this is. This one particular friend of mine was telling me about her son who he went and he was going to, you know, take his ACT and he, they weren't allowing him to actually check his blood sugar, wouldn't have any breaks or anything like that. And he scored a 16 on his ACT. And so, and she was just <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I it's can't believe it. That's not really, that's not, you know, he was really embarrassed, wasn't excited about it. Well, she was like, well, why don't we take it again? And so they took it again at this special time where they're able to like controlled environment, right? Controlled environment, yeah. and uh, he scores a twenty-eight. Oh, that's and remarkable. So it, it made me think, you know, for all of us out there that are just not only just trying to perform, you know, with our jobs and school and different functions, but it's like, you know, that's just on top that most people just don't really understand is like that fog and that haze. But here's the thing with that, too, is that a lot of us and I me, I'm like raising my hand on this one. Not that I was ever ashamed of it, but I didn't want to bring ne a negative attention to myself. Right. So in a recent meeting uh, with the board president, my executive director and one of the other board members, I rolled in and I was and I could see the numbers just plummet. And I was like, gentlemen, I just want you to know that my blood sugar is really low. I've. I've taken what I need to to get there, but I'm not going to be myself for probably the next 15 or so minutes. So if I don't respond as quickly as I would like, just please give me some grace. And they're like, oh, absolutely. Wow. And it was the first time I had audibly said, I mean, like just put out there, I'm not going to be 100% right now. Wow. And to give yourself the grace at the same time to be able to do that. Well received. And felt comfortable mm -hmm. to even mention that. Yeah. Have the courage to actually even talk about it. Yep. Wow. And now all my staff, everybody that I'm around, members of the facility, 3,000 plus of them, we talk about diabetes. I mean, it is a regular topic of discussion because I'm loud and proud and show my Dexcom. And it has opened up so many lines of communication because people are curious and they just don't know what to say. And it is a great educational opportunity. And now we're working with the ADA. We're working with the Harold Ham Diabetes Center. We're working with the Chickasaw Nation because we're going to open those lines of communication, whether it's type one or type two. So it's, it's just so weird. And, uh, hmm. so this is a question that I think needs to be asked because if we're talking about, you know, the fog and the haze and just different people with diabetes, do you see it as a disability? Absolutely. You do. Finally. You see it as a disability. So do you think, would, would, let me, would you say that you have special needs? 
Yeah. Okay. And to the point, the first time in my whole life, I would, I mean, because I have a boss that I who, who absolutely adore and is open to me being able to talk about it. Like, I have had to text him maybe two or three times in the seven months that I've worked there to say, man, I've had a really rough night with my blood sugars or I'm struggling this morning. I'm going to come in late. And it was well received. I mean, he, wow. okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Wow. So. Wow. It's, it's, an, it's an interesting concept it's, to yeah. explore, the idea of the disability. You well, know? Well, well, nobody I mean, wants to feel like they're disabled. No, it, it but the matter of the fact is that sometimes we are. Yeah. That if we're low, we can't contribute in a meeting sure. or can't drive a car. You can't you can't drive a car. I'm gonna be a little bit late if my blood sugar is forty eight. Right. I mean, this is yeah, it's it's interesting. But at the same time, I think there's also a a really strong long term benefit if you're a young person with diabetes of like when things do hit the fan and things go not good, you're low, you're high, but you still show up and you still do your job well, I think that's also a really good resilience builder. builder. You know what I'm saying? So it's like a double-edged sword because I've been where you're at too where I've been like, hey guys, I just can't do it. Well, I I don't think you should be a whiny bitch about anything. True, true. But sometimes it's like there's like gutting up and getting after it is a good thing too. And maybe that's a physical Uh thing, but if you're having to make major decisions for a company or for your family or whatever, and you know in your heart of hearts and you have to struggle with it that you're only at 40%, to me, I say pony up and say, I need 15, 20 minutes. Just let me get my head straight. And most of the time, there's time that can be had later. Yeah. You can usually things Unless aren't quite somebody as, needs CPR immediately yeah. and your blood sugar is low. I mean, I always say nobody's going to die if I can't be present right this second. Mm-hmm. Unless it's, yeah, <laughs> CPR. Because how much more valuable is it whenever you show up to something and you have all your faculties right. to make a decision? Way more productive. <laughs> Way. It's true. But, you know, I also, I, I, it makes me wonder, though, I mean, you know, obviously we've matured in our diabetes thinking and management and there's just a lot of people that don't have that support structure. So, so that's why I think like, I always go back to being a freshman in college and for 10 years, like having really nobody. And Mm. I think that's what drives Mm -hmm. me to think of why diabetes daily grind, why these diabetes communities and these podcasts are huge where we become a family because that's really who we have. I mean, to really think through and bounce ideas off of because there's a lot of people out there. I really don't think anyone's really doing a great job of like, you know, where people feel so much in a community that it's like a family on a day to day basis, but you mean, you got to fight for it. And yeah. cause I mean, I mean, I met someone the other day, this was awesome. I was at Cabela's the other day and they ended up, of course up being, you were, <laughs> I loved it. And, and I, I was rolling around <laughs> and we have, we have, we have a Cabela's in we the lo- city now, right? We do. We have in a Cabela's, city, which yeah. is great. You know, and I love the outdoors and I'm, they should I, be a sponsor. I'm just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> they should because people with type one love the outdoors. And this lady who was working there, um, she was a actual. She was a potter. She had an omnipot on, and she saw my oh, shirt cool. that I had. And she was like, "What in the world?" She was asking me questions about the diabetes community, and I I was able to talk about diabetes daily grind, the happy That's hour. Hell. That's hilarious. And and she's just like, I feel alone. Like I mean, I feel like I don't have community people that understand what's going on. And I'm like, it's a common theme. So I you hear. just spot you guys. I think, okay, and I'm going to say for anybody that's listening to this for the first time, when you see somebody with a tube hanging out of them or like the Dexcom, it's like your friends. I always talked. Like, yeah, you have I, to. I was, at a y, I was at the YMCA the other day swimming 
with my three-year-old daughter and I see somebody <laughs> who has a Dexcom and I saw the dad. I was like, hey, is what, you know, what's keeping the Dexcom on? And I was got in a conversation about diabetes and we, we became friends, you know? So that's it's funny. It's diabetes family. Oh, it's incredible. I, I love that. We should have <laughs> a diabetes reunion. <laughs> All the family members come together. Hey, I think we should have a huge party. I'm in. <laughs> diabetes festival. And it can't be National Diabetes Day. It has to be some other day. Hey, I think it'd be... We could figure it out. Okay. Let's unpack this a little bit. For the person who is in isolation, the one who's the only person with type 1 diabetes in their family, maybe they're in a small community, they're not surrounded by these resources, they haven't found the DOC yet. Well, hopefully they found the DOC because they're listening to this podcast. We're about to give them some advice. Right. But but how did you start to let people around you understand what diabetes is without, without making it a crutch? How do you do that? That's a good question. It's, it's, it's kind of hard. I don't know. I mean, until I met Ryan, I was, I remember thinking about it. I was at a conference in Norman and, uh, it was about the arts or whatever nonprofits and having to sit at a table with eight other people I didn't know. And I was like, hi, you know, we're all introducing ourselves, whatever. And I was like that my plate is presented and I just said, I'm going to have to give my shot really quick. So if you're fear of needles, don't look. You know what I mean? And I was embarrassed. Yeah, a good, it's good like, joke. A little right, joke a good there. joke. Yeah. Or I would always remove myself and go to the bathroom. Yeah. You know, and... Maybe it's not like, so much what we say. It's more like the attitude right. of how we live with it, how we talk about it, the attitude behind it. That, like, woe is me. Yeah, yeah, really exactly. Help. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, think I always live with the burden by myself. Just and keep being it, angry I my think whole a lot of fucking Keep life. it in secret. Keep yeah. it in secrecy. Hmm. So if someone would engage you and be like, hey, what is that? And they, they were like genuinely curious. Would you think that would have helped? I don't know if I would have been so open about it because mm. I feel like I didn't have as many like, uh, I didn't know how to talk about right. it. It's right. just something that like, and if you are diagnosed with it when you're two and you know nothing else, right. that's kind of how I felt about it. I was like, well, this is my life. Right. And I only in getting to know this community realized, man, I am different. Right. My friends don't wear this burden and shit this is tough yeah and i and i i allowed myself to be angry i agree it can it's it's almost like a self-perpetuating anger isolation circle oh hell yeah right it's like i'm different and so let's get angry and i'm not going to present things to other people to try to help me because they're not going to know what diabetes is and then they end up not knowing anything about diabetes because we never helped them know anything about, about diabetes so then we prove them right about it, yeah. and then it just like continues on and on and on but yeah. i think i think like what this it's like this happened to me last night i was at a hotel in wichita and i typically frequent this place every two weeks because of like my role my job and and so this particular waitress i see her all the time and i always say diet pepsi and so i tasted the pepsi and i was like hey i think this might be actual pepsi <laughs> And she's like, well, I think it's diet. I go, well, I'm a type one and I really need, I mean, you can't, it's not a, you, yeah. you can't make like you a, can't a you can't make a mistake on this. And she was like, oh my gosh. Okay. I'll go check. And so I thought she would just go back there, switch it out, bring a diet Pepsi and come on. Well, I'm sitting there for like the next 20 minutes and then all the you ma- want is a diet Pepsi. All I want is a diet Pepsi. Well, the manager comes over and he's like, <laughs> uh, Mr. Carter. And I'm like, yes. He's like, I'm, I'm sorry with the problem with the Pepsi products. I was like, oh, no big deal. You know, I just want to diet Pepsi. Well, I just want to make sure I'm going to go note your account. 
that, you know, just with your medical, I'm like, oh my gosh, like. You have a medical condition. Well, and it went, <laughs> it, went, it went into this like whole thing. I was like, bro, all I was wanting was a diet, <laughs> diet Pepsi or diet Coke. And so she eventually, like 30 minutes later, I finally got a diet Pepsi on the can, in the can where I was like, well, we can't mess this one up. I mean, it's right, in a can. Right. But I mean, <laughs> just that one little comment of like, hey, I'm a type one just went into like this, you know, big Well, the fact deal. they knew what that was. That, I mean, because a lot of people don't even know. It's she probably went you. back there and Googled it on her phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about this too, because I want to bring up the fact that when it comes to people being educated about the disease, and that's the loose term, Mark called me the other night. Called, or did you text me? I think both. We, we text and call. I was sitting in my chair over there reading, having a glass of wine, my <laughs> nightly routine, and uh, you were kind of panicked. Yes. You were starting to get panicked. Tell me, tell them what you were panicked about. So, I mean, just as most of the people who will be listening to the podcast, I mean, as we go to our doctors and, you know, I moved to a different area from Northwest Arkansas to Oklahoma. And in the midst of that transition, I had to find a new endo. And my doctor told me like, hey, we want you to find an endo really fast or we know you know, you're going to only have a limited time that we're going to give refills on your insulin, which and- is total bullshit because it's not like we we're going to change anything. <laughs> I, I know the legalities I and know. Brian being a doctor soon to be like, it's fucking sucks. <laughs> well, it was, it was, I was like, okay. So I, I kind of felt this internal pressure of like, I need to find an endo. And I mean, I did find one and you know, as we know, it takes a little bit of time to sometime to see yeah. your doctor. Well, you know, I had gone into a certain pharmacy on a Friday and said, Hey, I'm out of refills. And I need to get it refilled on my, <clears throat> I'm on a pump. And so I just need a rapid acting insulin. And so they, they made the request to my doctor's office. And then I yeah, talked about, to them. About what time of day? It was like probably 10 in the morning. That's, yeah, that's reasonable. 10 in the morning on yeah, a Friday. Reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so then yeah. I call the nurse and I'm like, hey, Mandy, there's going to be a, uh, a request for mm-hmm. an insulin. Can you make sure it's filled? She's like, hey, I've already done it. And I was like, wow. Awesome. You know, wow. and, and so you followed up with the nurse. So you've I already gone two levels now, two levels. And I was like, okay, cool. So, I mean, I'm trusting her that she sent a fax. Well, you know, I do, I go on the weekend, hang out on Monday. It's around eight o'clock and I hit the pharmacy, you know, thinking my, my, what time of night filled. is it at this point? It's, it's, eight, it, it's 8 PM, 8 PM. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there and they're like, Hey, it wasn't filled. Your prescription wasn't filled. I'm like, well, hmm. are you sure? And so they're like, yes. And I go, I mean, how could this even be? I mean, you know, I get in this conversation. The nurse told me that they sent it. You had all the reassurances. All the reassurances. At this point that you should be able to just show up and it'll be there. Yes. And, and, I'm, and so at this point, I'm like, this, not, this doesn't look good because I have basically like all the lab techs and people <laughs> telling me, sir, you know, you just need to call the doctor tomorrow and take care of it. I'm like, well, I'm a type one. I need this insulin. I'm on a pump. I show my pump and I'm like telling her and she's like, just not getting it. And I'm like, well, let me speak to your, like your manager. manager. And yeah. so this like basically soon to be pharmacist, he's not a pharmacist yet, um, starts coming over They're- and telling me <laughs> that they'd had some problems with their faxes, that the computers have been down. And, and so I was like, well, how do I even know that today you even refaxed it over? Like we got in this conversation and, and, and we kept going back and forth, back and forth. And I was like, oh, I was like, dude. I got, man, I got, I got 11 units of insulin left, you know, 11 <laughs> units. And so then, not, then, not a whole lot. then the soon to be pharmacist was like, well, you can just buy it over the counter. And I'm like, 
well, I don't think you can buy rapid acting insulin over the counter. And he's like, well, you can buy 7030. And I'm like, well, yeah, 7030 won't work in a pump. And so he is completely oblivious. He's oblivious. And so I like, I'm, people behind me are like honking. They're like, I've been, it's like almost now 30 minutes. I'm just sitting there. And, and I'm sitting there going like, man, I was like, okay, well, what do you want me to do then? I mean, like, obviously this is a problem. I know. And, you know, and let me stop for a second because, you know, it was one of those things where I felt like I'm like, okay, I know I need a script for my, my insulin, but like it came to the point where it was like, I was getting a, you know, I was a, um, I was on drugs or something like wanting, you need those pain pills. I need those pain pills. But I was sitting there going like, I gotta have this, and I'm getting like ridiculed, and and it got to the point where they're like, well, it's not my fault that you have 11 units of insulin left, and it's at 8:30 at night, and I was like, whoa, mm, I was like, okay, I hold see. on, I was like, hold on a second there, and I was like, well, okay then, then tell me what I need to do, and so then they tell me, you need to go to an urgent care clinic, and I was like, okay, so they're gonna be able to write me a script at an urgent air at urgent care clinic. They're like, yes. So they give me the address, and so I'm rolling to the urgent care clinic, and I go in, and I tell the front person what I'm there for. I need an insulin script. And I said, I'm out of insulin, you know, go kind of go through the story. And so, like, I fill out all the information, go in, the nurse practitioner comes in, and, and she goes, there's no way I can write insulin. And I'm sitting there going, like, for real? It's not a controlled drug. It's like I've got a pump hooked to my motherfucking body. What are you? What? <laughs> it's this is un, it's unreal. That that okay. So you went to an urgent care. Go to an urgent and they, care. They honestly couldn't write you a script. They could not write me a script for insulin. For insulin. Why? I mean, it's I, a control. I mean, you think about it though. It, it could kill it is somebody. The, it is the I mean, world's so deadliest drug. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. it is something we have. But to it's have. not like you're like. What what the fuck else are you gonna do with it? Excuse the f bombs, but like it's so ridiculous that. But I I suppose maybe that oh. legally bound fine. There's a pretty good chance that that is a pretty legally bound. Hmm. But is it we need to. We need, how many people okay, are we'll in do some insulin? research this yeah. and, and put some research out in the show notes about why this happened because this is cra- yeah. Well, but this, it, it kind of makes sense, but it doesn't. No, I, I mean it is. It's crazy because this is I'm, crazy. Like where else? Like as someone who's in the diabetes world. I mean, I know a lot of, I mean, I was like, surely the pharmacist who's dispensing insulin, if I don't know what to do and they can't give it to me right then, because it's not my, like my nurse didn't obviously make it where she didn't want it to get to the facts to this particular pharmacy. So, I mean, obviously things happen over the weekend, whatever happened. But like at that point in time, I was like, now what's the solution? And they told me to go to an urgent care clinic and at that urgent care clinic, they couldn't do anything. And so then I'm telling like the, the nurse practitioner, I'm like, okay, so you know my what do you story. What do you do now? What do I do now? They're like, the only place you can think is to go to the ER. And so I'm like, okay, so I go to the ER. Mind you, Mark and I are texting and talking the whole time. So I've got backup insulin in case he needed it. Yep, yep. But. And so, yes. So you, did you end up going to the ER? So I end up, I, so I end up going to the ER. <laughs> And I'm at the ER, and I'm sitting there going like, "Man, my copay's gonna be two fifty. Oh Lord! And then I'm like, and then I'm asking the people. They're like, "Hey, just write your information down." I go, "Well, how much is this even gonna cost?" Like, 
you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to get some bill coming back just to get an insulin script. And so, to, <laughs> so like I'm sitting there stressing out and then lo and behold, basically I, uh, I get contact from the particular pharmacist at pharmacy. And I'm not, I'm not going to mention who it was, but I mean, you know, we, we, I was like, he, they were checking on me and they're, and they were like, they felt really, really bad that they had sent me to an urgent care clinic, that I had not, you know, gotten any insulin, and, you know, and they were able to, you know, look at some stuff and do some emergency type things because, I mean, I was now down to like six units of insulin. And so at the end of the day, it just, it, it made me wonder like, you know, if you really needed a script, if you're on vacation or something happened, your bag was lost and you didn't have any insulin. I mean, things happen. What do you do? Mm-hmm. Things happen. And I think that's it a big happen. part of the type one. Um, you have to prepare for the worst. I've right. broken a bottle. I remember talk, we've talked about this on one of the previous podcasts and shit hit the fan. Like I didn't know what I was going to do. And I have to say too, not, I mean, on a somewhat similar subject, I was on the Santa Fe discounted prescription, right. whatever, because I don't have insurance. And so I knew that I could get five Lantus insulin pens per prescription X amount over the course of the year for $10, which is awesome. I went to refill that I'd had at one time and my uh, text message comes back from the Walmart pharmacy saying that I owe $1,807 and 38 cents. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, wait, what? And so I call, I talk to a tech, I talk to a tech, I talk to a tech and I'm like, no, wait, you have this prescription card discount card on file, please run it. Well, no, but but, but, I was like, let me talk to a manager. Went through that. (laughs) Then I called back and I was just like, I don't understand how this is a problem because you've already done it. Like, what are we doing? So they called me back of the head pharmacist later and we went through the whole thing and he said, let me do a little bit more research. I'm sorry for the inconvenience. And I had planned well enough in advance, no offense to you, that I still had half a pin left. So, and I only give... 12 units a day so it wasn't huge oh you're not offending me go on I love <laughs> and at the end of the day that pharmacist not only he they would not ex- for some reason that discount card wouldn't work he applied every discount card random thing that he had and he called and he said I have your five Lantus pens for free your copay is zero I cried. Pharmacy hero I, I told him I, I, I literally cried and I said you wow. have no idea and he goes you can't live without this and there's no way in hell anybody really could pay $1,800 out of pocket when they thought they were paying 10 And so I wrote him a thank you card. When I went to the pharmacy to pick it up, like I literally shook his hand. And, he, and, I, and I said, he goes, I've got you covered from now on. Like, don't ever worry about it. Wow. I'm like, Jesus Christ. That's crazy. Well, I mean, I, it, it just makes me feel, I mean, for everyone that's out there that, I mean, you have to have insulin. I mean, it, it truly is... It's, it's scary to think that how much money it cost and what we have to do to actually get it because, I mean, you have to have it to live. And it's, fight, it's fight, a, fight. It is. There will be situations like this that happen if you have type 1 diabetes and you will be like at your knees in front of a pharmacist right. in your life. Like, this stuff there, just happens. Right? I've been there, there a lot in my life. <laughs> right. and I think the more vulnerable you are and you just be completely honest with them, and, you know, sometimes you get lucky and there's some amazing pharmacists out right, there that really right. hook you up, they but can. you have to have somebody that has an inside into type one. And I got to say, because if they don't, then that emergency alarm in their head doesn't go off. And I think it's one of you those know? things too, we're all 
mm. bitter at times about the disease and the shit we have to go through. I have had to really struggle. I've struggled with my whole life being the angry Amber versus the let me tell you the scenario so you can better understand and be hopefully have some compassion for my horrible situation. So I'm going to say to the person who's standing in front of the person who doesn't get it, help them understand in a kind fashion to the best of your ability. Uh, yeah, because I don't think it's fair for us as people with diabetes, type 1, to ask somebody who's a pharmacist that 99% of what they do on a daily basis doesn't resolve or doesn't revolve around type 1 diabetes yeah. emergency management. To understand. It's just not fair. Right. To to expect these people to always get it. It's our job to educate. To educate. And that almost goes for anybody in our life. You know, anybody. Good point. I mean, you know, it's even your endocrinologist. Oh yeah. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Challenge him. Ever, <laughs> ever is not joking. <laughs> well, I mean, even I mean, to your point, I mean, even pharmacists. I mean, I talked to one today, and they said that I mean, they might have one day in school over diabetes management, maybe one day, but it wasn't much at all. Definitely not on pumps. And so, you know, it, it was. Uh, I think you're right. I mean, I think I think in the heat of the they're moment, they're not taught about insulin pumps. I mean, right. it's not their fault. Right. Right. Because yeah. I because I think you know. I do have to have grace on people that don't know much about diabetes, but in the same sense, it's just to your even point, it's like, I, I get, I still get angry at times that I do have it and that I am in that situation. And I am sometimes flying by the seat of my pants and trying to just roll with life and don't, you know, that's what's, that's, what's interesting. Cause I know Amber, I mean, I can, I'm a planner, you're a planner and I, and I just never roll. heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. That's the thing about and a doer. My boss hates me because of it. So you're a planner and a doer, and that's great. But you know, situations do come up, and and I, and and sometimes, like for me, it's like, wow, what did I do wrong? I mean, it was Friday. It was at ten. I thought I covered my basis. Like I know I'm. But let me crazy. ask you. Okay, you, let you me ask you your, this. This is an exact situation I could be in. Right anytime. So, but you covered your bases, man. But here's my question: nurse, When you're down to your last bottle of insulin. Why did you make the phone call to the pharmacist to say, hey, you know, or to start the process? <laughs> or were you like, oh, shit, my last bottle is almost out. Let's I got to do something. Well, you know, I think, well, first of all, the fact that I only have one month worth of refills drives me up the up And that's the ridiculous. And I'm right. going to say to the that's hard. endocrinologist. That's really hard. To only find have one that month. knows that if you take 15 units of Lantus or 12 units of Lantus, and I hope this is not illegal to say or whatever, but that they document 15. So you've got a little bit of a cushion when you do mess up or you drop a bottle. You've got something. Yeah. You know, and, you know, so I, I do think, I mean, like with the transition and I really didn't want to leave this doctor because I love him and he's awesome. And so like it was, I mean, moving to a new place, moving to a different doctor, that, yeah. whole, that whole like starting over the relationship and like here I am and, you know, just learn, I mean, I, it took me a long time to want to break up. And so, so knowing, knowing that this particular physician is so hard to get into, like I kept like prolonging. So it's, it's kind of a complex of like why I keep waiting to the last minute of having insulin. But um, I don't know. Keep is the word. Keep waiting. I know. I know. Hey, people are built in different ways. It's unbelievable. Okay, I think... But I have like. I have, Let me have tell a you if this left. describes if this describes you. All right. <laughs> yeah. Because it describes me. So. <laughs> I love it. So if I'm you. I'm shaking my head. Would you Would you rather plan out, you know, and and take the time 
to order insulin whenever you know you've got a vial left or you've got two vials left or are you the kind of person that would rather just see like oh i've got like 50 units left in my pump let's let's work this now right that's me me too me too i just feel it is i trust that i trust in that moment and 99% of the time it works really well. It's just the 1% of the time when it falls to the cracks, but it saves you the stress of having to worry about it all that time before. Yeah. Because I mean, think about it. It's just pure rationalization well, here. And, and what think about this, like I, as a person, like just my natural giftings, I don't plan. I'm like, I'm not like, a, it's just not a gift to me to plan all the time. So think about a disease where you have like this plan all the time. You have a disease that forces you to have to plan. Yes. But I'm not, it's not, if you crack open that last bottle, call your pharmacist. But see, what, think about this. Instead of writing on that last 50 but, units, that's well, what I don't get. Let me ask you this, though. Is Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday is four days? Should that not be enough to get a refill? Well, I don't know because I've never had a pump. Like, I mean, no, like, no, what, no. how much insulin you have to take. I mean, like, I don't know what you're... Right, right. Four days, yes. I would hope that you would have you, no problem with getting I your think, insulin. I think Friday morning is probably a little tight, I would guess. Okay. Uh, just because there, that it's it would all depend on... The nursing staff True. being able to work through All that entire order set right. and See, to get signatures. That's, that's so true. it would just, it, and it's truly, it would just depend on how many of those are in front of you and whether or not the doc's even in the office, office. on Friday afternoon. So it's crazy. Well, here's the thing, so that, too. It's all about life. So the air may have learned. been Thursday afternoon versus Thursday morning versus Friday. Right. But again, on any given day, this all would have been fine. Right. You know? It would be great if we could just go pick up our insulin and have to have a script. Yeah, there's no way in hell. I, I, be Canada? I will die before that happens. I feel pretty confident. Is there, is there any place in the world that you can just go and get insulin over the counter? That you can? Or I mean, like, like you can without a script. We, I don't know. We could do some research. I think if you... Well, you can't... Uh, like you Mexico? can here. Mexico? No, actually, no. You can't just go buy it. Yeah, in Mexico, you probably could. You can't just go buy it because it is a dangerous substance and people could hmm. theoretically do some damage. Well, it's pretty crazy, too. And I'm sure this is in every state, but county to county, whether or not you can buy needles over the counter. Right. In Oklahoma County, which I now live in, you can't. In Norman, I could. So if I didn't have a script, I could go and just buy 10 10 packs or whatever I needed. Really? Yep. And I didn't know that until I met you. Yeah, that you could just walk up to any pharmacy anywhere. Because there have been times, okay, you've been on a Medtronic pump before, right? Okay, so you know the reservoir? Yep. Right? Sometimes I forgot to pack what? the reservoir. Hmm? I know, right? Crazy. So I forgot to pack the reservoir yeah. um, or a piece of the reservoir. And so instead, what you can do is you can jimmy it if you have like a needle. But usually if you're on pump, you don't pack needles with you when you go on right. vacation because right. you're like, I'm not going to need a needle. I've packed all kinds of things. <laughs> except the reservoir. And so I've had to go up to a pharmacy counter and say, Hey, can I have some needles? And I did this last summer in Colorado. Could I just have one pack because I need to Jimmy a pump supply? And she goes, Oh yeah, I'm type one. Sure. Here you go. Wow. That's so rare. Like, That's that rare. rare. It was, it was a crazy. Was a, what town? I mean, what area? This was in Estes Park. Oh, okay. oh Estes Park. Glorious place. Pretty good spot. Ryan's about to head out. That's awesome. But, Are you going to, you're going to Estes Park, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a beautiful place. Okay, I think here. most of them, they make you pay for those needles, right? It's like usually $5. I think mine was like two fifty four. Yeah, it's really, yeah, really cheap. I am, I remember. 
That's unbelievable. No script necessary. Okay, let's let's. I want to change subjects just a bit. So, Mark, you're still addicted to Equal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, update us on your Equal. Dude, still ten. Just about ten things of coffee a day. Whenever I go to Starbucks, I get a venti. Uh, venti. It's the twenty ounce, right? Yes, that's the big one. It's the mm-hmm. big one. Venti Pike with cream and eight equals. <laughs> I'm a tall pike. Is this a how is, many is this a daily, is this a daily activity or is this like a couple times a week? It's oh, daily. For sure daily. Multiple times daily? Sometimes? No, just one. One a day. One a day. That's your treat. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I you know it's your treat. I, I think I don't know. I mean, Use cream or anything? Oh yeah. Pike coffee, venti with cream and eight equals. Absolutely. It's glorious. No, I just I, I you know, I think what it is, like it just <laughs> I think the more and more I get into the diabetes community, like there's so much work to do. It's just like I feed off coffee, the adrenaline of like these conversations, people. It there's so much work. It just it fires me up, and and I coffee keeps me going. Mm. That's why I love it. Love Diet Coke. Love Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A came into the facility the other day to offer us chicken biscuits or whatever. Da da da. And gave our staff a bunch of stuff, and we talked about catering options. And I looked at them and I said, "You know, we're a wellness center, right?" Like, and the guy was super sweet. And he <laughs> I'm was glad you did that because a lot of people won't call people out for food that's hypocritical. I was like, "This is a I'm chicken glad. and biscuits. Nobody in this building, myself needs. included, needs this." But I said, "We'd like to use you for catering options because we work with a lot of people in this neighborhood." And uh, they said we'd offer healthier options. Right. They oh, would be willing to pull uh, out. Nice. And yeah. I love the fact, too, that when they handed me their catering packet, it was broken down to grams, I mean, carbs, everything that you would, so you could make some healthy decisions whenever right. you placed an order for catering. So It's true. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Still. I hope you own stock. Are you a part owner or something no, we not. should know? No, You I'm should. Not. You could have a franchise one day, it's maybe. Real, I'm really... He would hey. weigh 400 pounds. <laughs> I probably... <laughs> God, that'd be then I would have to have four or five bottles of insulin a month. Yeah. <laughs> so I definitely need to plan then. The, it would be worth it to plan at that. You'd have enough money to. God knows Chick-fil-A pulls in enough cash. Chick-fil-A oh. in Oklahoma City, there's always a line. There's always it's, a it's line. Inc- maybe that's the case. In Norman, Chick-fil-A everywhere. everywhere. Seriously, but everywhere they're getting better the about that. They've got two people, they got two lines mm-hmm. going right. through the drive-thru. Yeah, they're doing the Whataburger right. line thing now. It is pretty mm-hmm. incredible. We were saying customer service. I don't like the fact that they say, oh, what is it? It's my pleasure to my serve pleasure. you. Yeah, that's creepy. My pleasure. <laughs> your pleasure to serve me? I don't know what you're serving me, but that is not how I would have taken it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sir, could I have some <laughs> could I have some, could I have some, mustard, please? Like, it's my pleasure. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank like, hmm. Hey, you know, I mean. Th- they're consistent. They're consistent. Yeah. That's the thing. They're consistent. That's why mm. I, I do like, I know what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. So. And, and if you're truly serving somebody, it really is pleasurable. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> well, is there anything else we wanted to touch on? If, oh, we, we, what about the, you've got your duck hunting. Yeah, so this is something I might need the fellow people in the diabetes community, especially listening. Diet peeps. Yeah, to give me feedback on. Because, you know... So as I've talked to both of you all about, you know, just education and diabetes management, I I still feel like the way a lot of people learn today is by experimenting, learning, doing, not just in a classroom, just not just knowledge. And so I'm a huge outdoors person. I love to duck hunt. So that's really kind of my passion. So 
instead of Carter Duck Farm, I, I've changed the name to Carter Diabetes Duck Farm. And kind of what happened was last year, I was seeing my uncle who has type 2 diabetes <clears throat> in South Arkansas, and he's, he was really just out of it. And where, you know, he didn't even know what a CGM was. He didn't know anything about carb counting. Just I really felt that wasn't my same uncle. And, and I thought about it. I was like, well, he's always loved to hunt in his life. And so then I think about these kids and people who have type 1 getting outdoors. I mean, just as we live our life, can we learn, you know, about diabetes management? And right. so I've kind of wanted to combine the two of duck hunting outdoors you know, fuller riding, doing things outdoors and learning about diabetes management. So it's more of an experiential learning oh. uh, than just in a classroom. So kind of goes back to what I was kind of touching on is like head, heart, hands, like maturing in your diabetes knowledge from your head to your heart to your application. And I think a lot of people would, if they're like, you know, hiking or outdoors mm -hmm. and doing different things, they, you know, when we start going like, hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to hunt tomorrow. I'm going to go duck hunting. We're going to get up at four in the morning. You know, do you have like, what do you have in case your blood sugar goes low? You know, do you have your test strips? Just planning? In, what? There you go. We're planning. So I, I can't plan when I really, we're really want to. We're not talking about to. a complete lack of planning here <laughs> to defend we, we, I don't believe ourselves you. here. One second. But, but, see, but see, yeah. I, I love what you're doing though. Yeah. So I yeah. think, so I'm trying to experiment. So, you know, maybe the diabetes community can help me. I mean, should this be a nonprofit or should it be for profit? Like there's a couple ideas, you know, for me that I've, I've thought through for it, but I really want it to be, you know, where it's beneficial to people's lives. But at the end of the day, what I've seen in the diabetes world is that, you know, there's a lot of things that aren't profitable, you know, and like, and so for me, when I, when I think about hunting in the atmosphere of South Arkansas duck hunting, it's a huge, huge moneymaker for a lot of people that hunt. And I'm like, well, could it, could it be a moneymaker to support like organizations like this mm -hmm. and, you know, research and some other things on top of like, you know, people are already hunting anyway. Right. And so I kind of want to combine the two, but so that's things I'm kind of processed through I'm um, thinking about and, and just trying to figure out what I need to do. So you talked about this before in the last podcast about how uh, kids who are diagnosed rurally and adults are diagnosed rurally sometimes aren't exposed to the same level of resources right. that people urban are right. just because there aren't as many endocrinologists, there aren't as many CDEs, whatever. Right. Do you think this also fits into that realm that you could take some of this education to people who are rural? Yeah. Cause I like, there's three things I think I want to focus on is encouragement, really given a positive, you know, environment for people, for community. So encouragement, education, and equipping. And so when I think about a lot of our people today, it's like, I want to mature in our diabetes knowledge to where they're able to function in any environment. And so, you know, I think for a, a person, you know, I've traveled overseas, grew up overseas, you know, as a type one, I've been to India, I've been to China. I've that still blows my mind, the India part. I know. Type Liv one, which is living in India, Hyderabad, India is type one diabetes. Yeah, that's true. Riding a bike in the middle of like millions of people in India. Actually, my blood sugar was great when I was. My actually my blood sugar has been better when I'm overseas because I don't think I have as much access to fast food. Yep. Snacks. Snacks. Yep. It's been different. China, India, and in Egypt, it was really, really good. But let's talk about snacks. It, it not all snacks are bad. Like I'm a snacker. Grazing. Grazing. It's definitely and it's an Achilles heel in mine that I think I've identified in the last couple months. Like, what are you snacking on? Trail mix. 
Oh, well, that's shit tons of carbs. What about well, you, Mark? Not, what's your... Not, I mean, no. Depends no. on if, it, if it's granola, chocolate, I mean, raisins, dates. Well, there's not granola in there. It's usually like raisins and raisins stuff like that. Raisins are super high carb. But it's not like I'm eating handfuls of raisins as I go by. I mean, it's mm. like it's like two or three raisins per handful. I mean, How many handfuls are you taking in at a time? Well, you're also a carbophobic that is type true. one. And so to you, I mean, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's different levels of, I think, carb acceptance. And, and we, we eat different carb levels. Carb acceptance. We, we are we, so different. We eat different levels of carbs like on how, daily basis. Like how many carbs are we talking about, Amber, a day for you? Oh, I don't know. I would have to really. I get a, I get a lot of carbs in the morning when I have my breakfast smoothie because it's do. fresh fruit. And Again, we're using um, like a lot to Amber. It's probably like 40 for real? in a breakfast smoothie. Right? That's it? Maybe, yeah. Right, maybe. And that's a lot. And to some people, like Amy McKinnon, who's a guest on the show, like yeah. a lot of carbs to her would be like 120 wow. in a breakfast smoothie, right? Lunch, I probably have. But it's, again, the, the, it doesn't carbs. matter. Each, each person's individual, you know? Yeah. You just got to figure out your own, your own flow with it. This is I your pattern and you've got great control. But it's for so. me, it's more like uh, I have found when I eat harp, high carb meals, especially when it's processed, I don't feel good. I don't want to. I don't know, I'd rather, yeah. whatever. So, right. Agreed. Yeah, I'm with you. I agree, but once again, I mean, we live in a culture. It's a food culture and community among food. And I mean, there's just there's times that I don't want to think about. Once again, I mean, I want to eat. If I want to go eat a burger, I want to be able to go eat and enjoy it. Now, sometimes it becomes to like where we're. How many? I mean, how much fat? How does it break down? How many? I mean. The, once again, mm-hmm. the diabetes management, I mean, should we have a, a diabetes, like, not think day once a week? I don't know. I mean, just to give a relief of our, you know, always decision-making, decision-making fatigue. Mm-hmm. I mean, should it we is. have a rest? I don't know. But at the end of the day, what does that rest mean? And, you know, I was talking to a friend who's trying to lose weight, and she's a dear friend, and she's trying to work out. She doesn't have diabetes. She's probably pre-diabetes. And she's talking about this event that's coming up that it's a catfish fry. And she's like Fitbitting it. She's got the, every app you can think of because she really does want to lose weight. And she's in her 60s. And, um, and she looked at me kind of like, am I going to say anything about her wanting to go to this catfish fry? I go, girl, you enjoy that catfish and you eat the freaking hush puppies, your coleslaw, do everything. Because I feel like if you prohibit or don't enjoy those things, then you're going to be bitter about it. But if you make it a regular habit, then that's a different thing. You know what I mean? I'm a food Nazi. That's what they call me at work. It so. all centers around the desire. True. If you have the desire and you're not doing it, then that's that produces your your angst, right? Yeah. But how do we be, how do we get to a place where those desires aren't as strong mm. as they used to be? And I think that's the challenge. You got to just be, we got to become detox. conscious of it. We just got a little more, we just need a little more conscious of our snacking or our reliance on the fish fries or, or the our, wine drinking or on the trail mix snacking. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, we need to just we be more conscious. Yeah. Or the Chick-fil-A. Hmm. You're Chick-fil-A. I'm white wine. Ryan's trail mix. Oh, definitely. Yeah. The, all of us have been painted into our corner. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. It's true. It's all true. Hey, it's our life though. I mean, like once again, that's why every one of us, our disease, we're all different in how we live our disease. I mean, we're, we're unique, but loved. <laughs> but loved. It's, and doing all right. We're all surviving. 
We're surviving. I mean, we're. Uh, that's the thing is like I want us to thrive. I mean, you know, I mean, even talk- of just survive. Yeah, because I talked mm-hmm. to a mom today whose son is type one, two years old, and one of her fears is that. You know, her son's not going to be able to travel and backpack Europe and do the things that she was able Been to there. do. Been there. See? Yeah. And, and that's, but see, once again, like, that's a worldview that I'm trying to encourage people to say, you know what? Diabetes is not going to, like, have control over my life. I have control over diabetes. It's going to fit in my life, and I'm going to conquer it. But that is a daily grind. Sure it is, but it's worth it. Too. It's worth it. And I think that's why we decide... Because we want to feel good to be able to chase our dreams True. and those momentary desires of like, oh, I, I should just like be eating trail mix. If that ends up becoming a reason why I don't run a marathon mm. or something like that, then, man, definitely that trail mix wasn't worth it for me. Mm. And that's, I don't know, because the dreams matter more, right? Purpose. Purpose. Not everybody has that, though. Diabetes or not, and everybody has that, like they feel that. Desire. Well, maybe yeah. it's being present with your kids late at night instead of being high after dinner. Mm, right. Or it's like it can be morphed into all kinds of things. I don't know. Yeah, when well, hmm. you're actually there, you feel good to be with your family. Or... You feel good. You're, you're chilling at 1.30 yeah. instead of 2.30 yeah. after a meal. Right. Like what's wor- <laughs> what's right. really worth it. Right. Hmm. Wow. I mean, so I more... don't have kids. Maybe it would be more worth it to be 2.30. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, I mean, I think, I think, I think it's once again. I mean, it's living today. Like, I think that's why I have my. As I grow my disease, I try to enjoy each day, and I'm present, and try to be like, you know what? It's a blessing just to be here today. Period. Be able to get to know y'all even more, and be here at the podcast, and just be able to grow in our family of diabetes. You know, it's uh, there's a lot of folks out there that need to hear this to say you're not alone. Once again, we are doing this together. It truly is. We're a, fam- yeah. we're a family. It's awesome. Connectedness. Yes. You know, I have to say this, and this is kind of off the subject, kind of on, you know, being diagnosed at such an early age, and I'm older than both of you, and was given the death sentence, I mean, straight up. I had 20 years to live, and when I made it to my 20th anniversary, oh I thought, holy shit, I made it this far? Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Like, I never thought I'd make this. I don't even have any dreams beyond this point. And on Facebook today, there was it pulled up a reminder. This today was uh, the one year ago when I found out that I didn't have cancer, like after a two week straight up battle. And that was the second time in my life where I really had to think, wow, what's going to happen from here? Wow. And it's a reminder that you got to live every day. Truly, every day. And I, and I'll tell yep. you like how strong this bond is. When I was coming back from the ADA. Uh, I basically had this certain seat on the flight that somebody jacked my seat. And I was like, no problem, I'll go and sit in the back. And I went and sat in the back, and this one individual came and sat right next to me. And this person worked as the global marketing person for the T1D team in, like, Denmark, the Netherlands, that area. And we talked for, like, two hours about diabetes and type 1. And, and it was just it was unbelievable, just the bond you meet from people that I met from India, the mm-hmm. ADA, you know, all over the world, just because of this one common thing that we all have a passion for. And it's like, you know, you can go anywhere and you can meet people that want to talk about this. Absolutely. Because there's so much to talk about. It's awesome. It's the sneakiest blessing. <laughs> it is. The <laughs> sneakiest blessing. I love that. Sneakiest <laughs> blessing. 
Well, and one of our one of our past guests and I cannot <laughs> maybe not so sneaky in some ways. Remember Sin. her first name, but the woman who's uh, T1D International about how she had moved to Elizabeth Rowley. Yeah, yeah, moved to England, I believe, and mm-hmm. got involved in a diabetes social group and met her boyfriend, May- maybe her husband. It's her husband, so they both have type one. And wow. started up this T1 International group yeah. that's bringing insulin and awareness into people who don't have insulin in India and wow. Kenya. So, and, and I all feel like, world. and with the Beaties yeah. Bros, I mean, they're starting to do like meetups. We do the happy hours, but I mean, if you really mm. you got to mm. put some energy into it obviously but but if it, it comes back to that that way of thinking of everything that happens to me is the best thing that happens to me right way of looking at things it's hard right. to do it's hard to yeah it's hard to do it's hard yeah it's spe- i mean it's like you know if diabetes chose us you know and we're gonna roll with it you know <laughs> and make it a positive thing then you know because i think there are, there's so much negativity where as soon as someone hears diabetes, they think of the deaths and mm-hmm. or or what I call sometimes I've called it like the diabetes roulette of like just you know what wins the day diabetes death row I mean yeah, diabetes death row know, is right and, and so I've I've fought through that type of fear every day but man I mean I'm just not gonna live my life that you know I just right. can't I mean there's so many things that are blessings that we've been able to be around I mean with resources and education and stuff and. You know, it's like I I just refuse to let other people who don't have this disease dictate what I'm going to feel or give me their worldview when they don't even live with it. And so that that's that's the fight is truly changing their worldview and culture when they don't they don't they're not rolling like we are and checking blood sugars and giving insulin and and doing all of it. And it's like I have to graciously encourage them to like step back and try to live the life of a patient. And sometimes that's difficult. Well, let me say this, and I put this in our newsletter that we put out this week. And if you're not a part of our newsletter, when you go to our website, you can sign up easily. But, and we did kind of a, I'm going to say not half-ass, but we were new to the concept and Ryan had come up with this shoot up or shut up. (laughs) And so the concept is basically we go to dinner or we go and have a drink. You look at whatever, (laughs) we all order what we want. You have to guess your carbs. We're going to test your, you have to test your own blood sugar. We're going to try to figure out how many units of insulin you'd have to take. And we, if you're wrong, you shoot up. You stab yourself with a needle, just like the rest of us have. Being and, a person that doesn't have diabetes. Yeah, this right. is only people yeah. with diabetes. So you get a real-life experience. And so we're using the hashtag. Hashtag shoot up shoot or up shut up. up. And so Ryan's dad, <laughs> because of podcast number five, was giving Ryan shit about the, you know, putting the needle in his arm because Ryan would ease it in his, that's, you know, just kind of like do it. Wow. And I say that those are my words, not his. Right. He was, I'm sure very sweet about it. But. No, that's very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> and so in that podcast, I said, Robert, what would you do if you had to do it? And he was like, I just stabbed myself. And I was like, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. So he did it. He tested his blood sugar. We had a huge And sure enough, he just stabbed himself. In he the stomach, hes- which is actually the hardest part. No, he just did it. And he said the finger prick hurt worse than really? the shot. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's easy. He was bold. He was bold. So if you want to get in on this challenge, just search hashtag shoot up or shut up. But also in our show notes, we'll give the specific details. If yeah, you want to replicate this, yeah. video it, and then put it up to social media of your wife, of your husband, of anybody, your parents, yeah, of your friend, of your coworkers, my teachers, my boss is going to do it. He's like, I'm, yeah. You know, I, I love, I'm so thankful that you are doing this because I think this is this is what's going to really change people because I think you can just talk about it all day long, but until you typically have to actually live with it, the more 
it's on their you know top of mind checking yeah. what, i mean mm-hmm. that's where it's going to affect you subconsciously parents doing this that's true yep put up or shut up man gosh Let's i love go. it so we'll see how far this challenge goes i feel pretty confident this is going to be a big one because and yeah. you're working on one currently right with your yeah with my boss he's boss. agreed to it we went to lunch today and we had pizza which is word on the street one of the hardest things to car you know guess and he has a incredible nutrition and fitness background and when he ordered his pizza and I had mine I said so how many carbs do you think that is this is not the challenge yet but I said you better start preparing he was <laughs> able to give like what his guess on the caloric intake was he was like I don't know maybe 280 grams of carbs and I'm like dude you would have to it may not so be that far insulin. off with pizza <laughs> well it was a 10 inch I mean like there, anywho I'm but, like that's but, a lot of freaking insulin okay well think about this so it's not but see even an educated person in nutrition even though he might kiss, he might get the carbs right, but the way the that calories. type of oh, carbs yeah. breaks down over two to three or four hours. That's like, a fact. That's yeah. that's what There's we don't so, talk the about. The glycemic index, The right? glycemic index. Like, <laughs> Which no I one, don't understand. I, no pizza. One, no one talks about that. that. That's right. I mean, if it's high fatty meal and it breaks down over three, four, five hours, depending. A calorie is not just a calorie. Right. A carb is not just a carb. Oh, man. Yep. All intertwined. I've got to start reading up. I've bought every book and I've... <laughs> I saw that glycemic index book in there. There's like six of them. Yep. In I'm one on of, it. In one I'm of your on I will two sunrooms. I just learned how to start eating glucose Your breakfast nook, yeah. I love it. Hey, this is not, I mean, it makes people realize this is not easy to do. It's not. It's definitely not. It's not easy. Guessing carbs is hard. Very hard. That's why the challenge is happening. And I'm going to end with this. I will say that because I feel like the FDA just put out something, because I was talking to our Whole Foods reps, the labels are changing on everything. So what you, your low fat yogurt, when they actually have to post what the processed sugar they threw into it so it would taste good, people are going to shit their pants. Instead of just sneaking it under carbs. Right. They're actually going to have to say, we put in 23 grams of added sugar to Which this Which is 60 or 80% yogurt. of your whole, the whole yogurt. That's a good point. Good point. Yep. So I think that this will be an v- incredible, I want to say a revolution, hopefully. And for the people that choose to look at a label, as the food Nazi is saying, um, it, maybe it's going to change the tune and maybe also our type 2 rates. I have to be the revolution. Something has to change. You know? Something has to change. Something really has to change. And, and we're the ones that have to pioneer. Has to come from inside us first. Has to. Sure does. You know, well, Mark, you're a warrior, man. We're warriors together. And I'm glad you keep drinking that coffee with equal. I love it. And eating your Chick Fil A. Stake your claim, man. Stake my claim. Chick Fil A <laughs> equal Starbucks. You know, live my life. By the next because time, you know what? It's a real diabetes life. It is. It's a real I feel like by life. the next time you come on round three, you're going to have like two other kids. You're going to have your very successful <laughs> duck hunting diabetes <laughs> extravaganza. Well, I'll put it this way. You know, I just want, you know, I think about leaving a legacy. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, as we think about leaving a legacy and other people, you know, if we can just help one person, I mean, which, I mean, I already know y'all are helping so many people change the way they look at diabetes and we, how they live their yeah. life. We can do that. And so it's just one day at a time. It's awesome. One day at a time. Yep. All right. Love it. Thank you, Diabetes Family. Yeah, DLC. <gasps> Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
daily grind, grind and grind and grind and grind. Didn't get this disease by eating too much candy. Sugar, it ain't a pager, it's a pump. But when I'm jonesing, it comes in handy. Tell me, sugar mama, what's your A1C? Are you into endocrinology? Pricker is a pricker, and the pumping is pumping. Beats like Wilford Brimley keep coming, but officer, I ain't been drinking. My blood sugar is low. Bolo some insulin to get it all in, you know. I'm counting carbs, and my calories burning. Pricker to the finger to deliver the prick. Wake up tomorrow and it starts again, but. Again, if you just want a little bit more, Mark Carter, you can always go back. You can go into iTunes, you can go back to our website, click on the podcast link, and go back to episode 32. Episode 32, and the Good Glucose episode, which that was, I think, um, number 43. So, yes. a couple of things we referenced there. And he was kind enough, we brought up kind of the challenge that we've been doing the shoot up or shut up challenge. So, you'll be seeing more of that. And uh, yeah, challenge your friend, your homies. Shoot. Anybody. Have them live the life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Any friend is a target of the shoot up or shut up challenge. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to start showing up at restaurants and be like, all right, 100 bucks. We don't have 100 bucks, but mm, yeah. Do you smell that? No. Smells like iTunes review time. (laughs) All right. I'm thinking it was like gas. I'm like, holy crap. (laughs) Okay. All right. So here we go. We have a brand new five star iTunes review winner by Snacks5. Mm. We talked about snacks during that last show And it was uh, labeled T1D mom all about the grind Exclamation Here's how it reads When my 9 year old was diagnosed with T1D this summer I started looking for more information about diabetes The very first podcast I listened to is that one That Amber and Ryan recorded in a hot tub While drinking adult beverages Funny, informative, and stress relieving All rolled up into one great podcast We were living life with T1D to the fullest and the personal stories, insights, and information I've learned from the daily grind is helping me feel quite confident about it all. You guys rock. Yay! Woo! Hopefully we didn't scare her at all, her kid. Yeah. That's that's lovely. So... That is that is wonderful. What is the name of it? Snacks? Snacks 5. Snacks 5. Uh, <laughs> shoot us an email with your address and your shirt size, and we'll be putting out another wave of t-shirts in the near future. Boom. And maybe a picture of Ryan. Dirt, we've said dirty socks for a while too. We've not, we've yet to throw out a dirty sock, but we have put in you know some like autographed cards and we and we could like probably that. put in some of that. What is that sticky tack? Oh yeah, we could send some sticky tack to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a lot of sticky tack. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sounds well, good. love it. And uh, to finish off the show, if you're looking to support the show in a monetary way, you've got a few bucks to send our way. We would gladly accept it through PayPal. Or it would help us. It would help us continue the show. Um, it would it would help us to uh, get the, the diabetes word out and continue to interview people who are living their most creative, authentic lives. Yeah. So we want to keep checking out, out the episodes for sure. That is all available in the show notes too. Yay! You can hear the. Th- I wonder if you can hear the thunder in the background. Storms are rolling in. Storms are rolling in. Here we go. We Thank need you, Oklahoma. It. Yeah. Summertime storms. All, all right. right. Well. I guess that's a wrap, all right? That's a wrap on 45. Awesome. Cheers to the highs and lows, everyone. Cheers. Yes, I'm alive. One minor inconvenience. A little thing called diabetes. It's a daily grind. It's a daily grind. And it grinds and grinds and grinds.
It's a daily grind. It's a daily grind. 